everyone to the very latest Bolt from the Blue podcast. We had a game. Then he had a game against Dortmund, and uh, it was quite interesting. Uh, some of the uh, things that uh, Ray and uh, and uh, Bernard said in the lead up to this game, it was almost like prophetic about what kind of happened. We were expect we weren't expecting anything too great out of this. They're on a big run of form, and we were obviously down a few players. And uh, we were quite uh, de- uh, pessimistic about this. Um, so uh, let, let's start off with uh, Bernard. Bernard, um, what about your your lineup? Come on, tell us about that. Yeah, well, I only, I only got seven, uh, which, uh, having said that, I'll take victory on a couple of my players who came on at half-time and totally changed the game in City's favour, Bernardo and Akanji. Uh, they were in my start 11. They didn't start the game. But, yeah, I mean, if Pep's got to make, Six changes, which is what he did. We know as soon as, soon as City, whether it's Pellegrini, whether it's Mancini, whether it's Pep, as soon as he makes more than five changes, it doesn't matter if we're changing up or changing down, you know, if we're playing a, a cup game or a, or a big league game. Uh, we struggle, uh, and you could see by that team last night, it wasn't going to flow. It wasn't, it wasn't, you know, going to be the normal quality City, and, and that's exactly what we got when you make six changes. And, uh, yeah, that first half, uh, I was quite happy that I got I only got seven right because obviously half my team was missing. Ray, do you think um you think Pep was giving Ederson a little bit of a slap by picking Ortega? You can look at it two ways. If if Pep had, had a, a pretty strong first team out there and Edison was on the bench, then I would have said yeah. But was he giving KDB a slap as well, or was he giving you know Bernardo Silva a slap? Was he giving Laporte a slap? Or whoever didn't play, you know, the, your first team is. I don't think so. So um, I don't look too much into that, really. You know, I just think it's an, it's an opportunity to give somebody else a game. Maybe there's a little hint of that um, that he's, he's make, you know, Miss Redison can see that there's somebody else who actually equipped himself pretty well in, uh, during that game. Didn't do anything rash. Didn't do anything stupid. Um, I don't think. I don't think he was called on upon to do too much during the game uh, and, and he equipped himself pretty calmly I think that's the thing to take away when I've seen Z- when we used to see Zach Steffen play I never felt he was calm when we, we saw uh, uh, Moreno play he looked pretty calm and, and, and cool so I, th- I think that's a good takeaway from the game and if Edison looks over his shoulder and sees him there that can't be bad either Yeah Bernard I thought uh, Stefan Ortega was uh, very calm and uh, self-assured yeah, I mean, I used the word competent, and that's what it was. It was a competent display. There's no histrionics. There's no fancy stuff. He looked okay with his feet. He wasn't trying anything to, you know, he wasn't trying to sort of to set up an attack from, you know, that Edison would normally do and you'd expect him to do. And it was just a good, competent display. We saw, I saw, um, Stefan have a couple of these, uh, we're talking, Jack Stefan, of course, he had a couple of these games where he did a similar thing, where he didn't do anything too fantastic. It looked as though he was, yeah, good, competent goalkeeping. And there was nothing in, in what Ortega says that uh, did that, that worries me going forward that he can come in and do a job based on what we've seen so far. But someone was just on before saying, that's it, now Ortega should play every game. I was just on Twitch. I said, no, Ortega will play Sevilla. Ortega will play against Chelsea. Edison will play the next four league games before the World Cup. Mm-hmm. Ray, were you surprised uh, to see Johnny Stones at right back? Not really, uh, because someone's got to play there. I mean, I, I I I debated before the game whether 
Cancelo would play on the right, we could play Aki or Laporte on the left and play a Kanji and Diaz in the middle. That's one option I, I, I was thinking about. Um, but someone has to play on the right, and it was either going to be John Stones or a Kanji. You could argue Kanji needed a bit of a rest. Uh, John Stones is possibly slightly better than a Kanji out on the right. He's play, played there once or twice uh, more than a Kanji. So it was either or. Cancelo um, there and Aki on the left or uh, Stones on the, on the right, Cancelo on the left and you know, Pep went with the Stones-Cancelo uh, combination. Yeah, Bernard, what did you think about that uh, central uh, defensive partnership, Ruben Diaz and uh, Nathan Ake? Obviously, we, we were speculating about when Ake would play again. Um, how did that work out for you? Well, I think defensively, we did struggle, certainly that first half. We got exposed far too often, didn't we? But not particularly because I can say Aki had a bad game or Diaz had a bad game. It just just as a, as a team, just as a defensive unit, uh, we were just obviously, uh, Dortmund knew how to play as we were coming down that right-hand side, which let's face it, our left-hand side is the weaker element. Uh, Dortmund know that, like every team. Leicester will know that when they play us on Saturday. And that's what they'll do. So, you know, unless... Pep can tweak it a little bit. We're always going to be a little bit exposed and be falling back and not getting tackles in because if one of our guys tries to get... I think Stones did it superbly quite early on. He, he blocked... Uh, I think Rodri made a, a really poor pass very early in the game and John Stones stepped in at that stage and stopped it. But we couldn't always do that. The defenders couldn't always do that. So we were always backtracking and we were always susceptible to those breaks from Dortmund as, as we have been uh, fairly recently. So... I'm not going to say that Aki had a great game, but he certainly didn't have a bad game. I don't think any of the defence did. It just didn't work as a, as a unit, I don't think. Mm-hmm. Ray, it's happy birthday to Ilkay Gundogan. He turned uh, 32. I'm just wondering what you think, just as a sidebar, about his future. Will he get a new contract at City or will he sail off into the horizon? Well, there's it's in the, a lot of paper talk. I mean, the more pseudo-journalist uh, fanzine writers you have uh, out there making comments... Uh, the more rubbish that is written that other people have to pick up on uh, and feel that they have to report. And then suddenly something's reported a hundred times and people believe it's true. It was a report that uh, Bayern Munich are interested in Gundogan. It's plausible, you know, going back to Germany at the age of 32, it, it could happen. But for me, he's not the uh, the person I'd want to see leave. I want to I see him stay, I think. he, You know, we've already seen this season when... Um, Rodri was injured. He just stepped in seamlessly, and there was no Calvin Phillips. He stepped in seamlessly, did a really, really good job. So I want to see him stay. I would like to see him offered uh, a contract extension for a year or two. You've got to remember he was the first person, first player that Pep bought when he joined, and he was injured when he joined. People were talking about his injury issues. And, I, I, you know, there's far too much, I mean, some people might say where they say, there's far too much ignorant chatter out there on social media uh, and, in, and in media in general, uh, and people were concerned about Ilkay Gundogan's injuries. But you know, you know, you, you get a certain type of injury, you can't help that. That doesn't mean you're injury prone. You know, if someone uh, clatters through you and, and, and smashes your leg or something, how can that be your fault? So, um, since he was the first one, and Pep's, you know, said uh, more good stuff about him, I, I don't think he'll leave, and I don't want him to leave because he, he's got, he's still got a lot to offer. He's still got all that skill and control, and he's got all that leadership. He's got that experience and that's invaluable. It's vital to pass on the experience from people like um, KDB, like um, Gunduan. Pass it on to kids like Palmer coming through 
and Alvarez and, and, and everybody else coming through. Because, you know, in, in three years' time, I suspect there'll be no Gunduan, there'll be no KDB, there'll be no Bernardo. And we need their experience now more than ever to be passed on to the new generation. Well, Bernard, uh, we set up in the, uh, a reasonably, relatively unfamiliar 4-4-2. Alvarez got a start up front with Holland. Um, is this the shape of things to come? Are you getting more encouraged by uh, young Alvarez? Uh, no, in one word. Uh, but obviously, I don't think it's particularly his fault. Last night, he's obviously not getting the games, and it it wasn't. As I say, that form that formation last night w- was a pretty odd one, and so to expect Alvarez to be outstanding, I expect a little bit more from him. But you know, with Haaland off off the off the pace last night for either illness or injury, uh, I think I think Haaland played uh, because of a heart thing rather than a head thing last night. Looking at how he played, he, I don't think he should have been on the pitch. In all fairness, I think that was a big mistake. And yeah, so he can't expect too much from Alvarez. But he didn't he didn't actually do that much, did he? But having said that, who did who did in that first half? We were pretty poor overall. Uh, I was looking forward to the Mares Rodri Gundogan. Triangular triple triple pivot. Actually, I was I was I was really excited when I saw that. I thought, oh, Pep, Pep's master plan here. But uh, unfortunately, no. Based on that first half, uh, that formation, I don't really want to see it again. In all fairness, guys, let's take a look at the uh, the, the the Dortmund uh, lineup that we were a little bit uh, trepidatious, if that's a word, about. Uh, don't know the goalkeeper uh, Kobel, but I know Nicholas Sule. He was like man monster. Mats Hummels, uh, Schlotterbeck, what a name. Torgan Hazard, who seems to be outshining his, uh, his older brother. And then you've got this, like, five across midfield with Adeyemi, who I was impressed by, uh, Jude Bellingham, Emre Chan, uh, Julian Brandt. Uh, I think that, um, he was overhyped, um, in his, uh, younger career. And then, uh, Reina, who was the son of our former uh, player. And then a player called Mukoku, who they're all raving about up front. I thought we were in for a bit of a shellacking, actually, Ray. But uh, despite the strength of their team and their their they've got they're on a six-game winning run, wasn't really that impressed with them. What did you think? Well, look, let's 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 look at what this game meant. Okay, Dortmund did not want to lose. That's it. They didn't want to lose and take qualification into the final game. And if you try and take City on, there's a reasonable chance that you will lose. Okay, um, So they were happy enough with the draw. That's the first thing. They were compact. They, they, they had everybody behind the ball uh, most times when we had it. Uh, they were just simply looking to hit us on the break, and that was it. They just did not want to let us score, knowing that if we don't score, it's going to be at, at best for us a nil-nil. And they qualified. From our point of view, we were content with the draw. You know, we were content with the draw without exerting ourselves too much because that meant we won the group. Means that in the uh, knockout stages, we play um, a team that finished second in their group and we play the second leg at home. So we, on paper, that puts us in a favourable position. That's your starting point. So neither team, I don't think, was that concerned about busting a gut to win that game. The fact we, we, we changed, you know, uh, four players, uh, or we didn't have the 11 Bernard shows, because uh, that team would have won. But the fact that we were down to seven players meant, we, you know, seven uh, of, of what we thought would be the best 11, meant that we 
were a bit more disjointed. You know, some players hadn't had a lot of game time. People were playing out of position. People coming back from injury, etc. So it, it wasn't going to be a fluid, dynamic performance. Um, and it certainly wasn't that. So I wasn't worried about Dortmund because we're still a decent side. You know, even our second, let's see, even our second team is still a decent side. Not as good as our first. So, you know, I still think they had more to worry about us because on paper, we had Folding on the pitch. We had... Um, Haaland on the pitch, Alvarez, we are still a good attacking force. So I think they they, st- they were still more worried about us than we were about them. So you know, the Dortmund side, decent, but it's nothing that's going to fill me with uh, any panic attacks. OK, uh, let's go over it, Bernard, and uh, do what may become um, a regular feature, Jude Bellingham watch. Um, <laughs> now, now, the thing is that Pep was... Um, uh, very effusive in his praise for Bellingham after this game, leading to speculation that City will move for him uh, in the summer, thwart Liverpool, and um, and get this uh, get this young fella in in our uh, ranks. Uh, what was your opinion? Is he is he all that? Well, I wouldn't I wouldn't put him up there with one of the better players last night for Dortmund. I thought obviously there's far better players. If if they could finish, if they could actually score a goal, uh, we would have been two 0 down at half time uh, on the basis of what we saw. But I don't think I think Belligan was involved. Of course, he was. He's part of that uh, five man uh, midfield that we talked about. But yeah, for me, I've said it before. I, I accept that he's the next best thing according to a lot of people, but. I would have to see him playing for City to sort of think that because I've not I've not seen anything to make me go wow at the moment and I think he he was questioned wasn't he after the game and I think he just sort of look I'm concentrating on Dortmund I'm not even thinking of the World Cup yet so all credit to him was he wasn't going to uh, make any decisions but uh, if it happens it happens but I, I'm I'm the sort of jury's out on Bellingham for me I, Ray might have a better opinion on him I, I'm not. It, he is the next best thing, apparently, but I, I'm not exactly overly impressed. Yeah, I'm going to test uh, Ray's historical knowledge uh, here. Um, Ray, I don't know if you uh, saw that there was a Twitter uh, quiz up about Manchester City players from the 2000s, and I sent the link to both you and Bernard. Yeah, yeah. I, I got 100%. I wonder what you got. But anyway, here's my question, uh, Ray. <laughs> uh, here's my question for you. Is uh, is young Rainer as good as his dad? <laughs> <laughs> the kids that I've played, he's nineteen years old. Uh, if I if I'm right, he's he's been out injured for a while. I do remember him coming through though, because I was watching some German football at the time. And with that question, they had an incredible young side. They had when Rainer Rainer played when he was seventeen. Haaland, I think, was there at the age of whatever nineteen. They had. Uh, Bellingham, I think, was there. They had at one point. I think they had five. They started a game with five or six players who were teenagers. I mean, they put a lot of young players. So it's it's obviously far too soon to say whether young Gio Reyna is, is going to be as good as his dad. Um, if he's as good as his dad, then that's not good enough. You'd like him to be better than his dad. Well, let's be honest. <laughs> you know, um, Claudio Reyna played for City at a time when we weren't that good. So. Um, if he, if he, if he, it'd be cool actually if he does become really good and he comes to comes to uh, to City because then you know we can have another City supporter. We could have a team full of City supporters with Foden, with Haaland, with our Georgian pal in uh, Napoli. I'm sure we're going to talk about with Gio Reyna uh, and possibly one of uh, we got Gomez who's a City fan. 
Uh, just bring back Bernard and we, we uh, and, and me. I was going to say me in goal were sorted. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, did you say cat in goal or something else? <laughs> yeah. well, it, it rides with cat anyway. Yeah, that's the one. <laughs> now let, let's let's put uh, Bernardo here on the spot. Uh, obviously, the, the son is called Giovanni uh, Reina, and his dad was Claudio Reina. Now I'm sure if Colin Savage was here, <laughs> he, he could write the book on this, but. Um, uh, do you remember Claudio Reyna, uh, Bernard? Well, a bit like what Ray said. Yes, I remember him, but he was just, just another guy that came from a foreign country that played for us and we accepted the sort of mediocrity we, we were sort of playing at that time. And he, he was okay within the constraints of City, but he, he didn't pull up any trees. He's just, uh, uh, it's nice to have these guys from, uh, the US, was it? Is he American? American? Well, funny thing was, he didn't come from the US because he was playing in Germany. So he was over at, uh, he spent a few years at Leverkusen, didn't play much. And then he was at Rangers for a couple of seasons and then mm-hmm. Sunderland before coming to City. So he actually finished his career in, in, uh, America with the New York Red Bulls. I think he was there for a season or two. And uh, he's one of those guys as well that always looked about 42, didn't he? He's always looked older than his years. He's a bit like that Borgers playing for the youth team. He looks, <laughs> Borgers, for me, looks about 35. I don't know about 18, but, uh, Rainer was exactly the same. He looked a lot older than his years. I'll tell you one thing. Do not, if, if you're having your dinner, or you're having something sweet or whatever, do not go onto Wikipedia to have a look at, uh, Claudio Rainer, because his picture will, uh, look, when, <laughs> none of us are Brad Pitt's and Charles Atlas's, but that picture of, uh, Claudio Rainer isn't the most flattering. Uh, <laughs> when he was, when he was finishing his career about 15 years ago, so he'd have been in his mid thirties then. Um, <laughs> But he was, he was, like Bernard has said, he was just a, another guy passing through. Um, it was half decent, but as I said, if his sons would like to be better than his pop. Uh, Bernard, uh, I think that uh, most of us would agree the main attacking threat um, was that guy on the right-hand side of that five strung across the middle, a guy called Adayemi. Now, he impressed me. Not so much the um, the former... Uh, the, the, the forward Mukoku, uh, because they, they were all raving about him. He wasn't particularly impressive, but Adeyemi got a lot of success down that right hand side. Yeah, because he, he's only got one, his own base has got one guy to beat. You know, if he gets a good through ball, he's off and away, and uh, that's what he did down that, you know, our weakest side. We all know that's our weakest side. The right hand side isn't great at the moment, obviously, we don't have a proper right back either. So, yeah, uh, he looked good, uh, and I agree with you totally about Mukoku. I thought he got into some good positions, but he's going to have to take some finishing lessons, isn't he? Because he's. His finishing was absolutely either straight at Ortega or, or wide. I mean, he had one shocking one where the armor went through and he, he just sliced it wide, didn't he, in the, towards the end of the half, which he should have really at least hit the target. So, he, you know, you talk about Bellingham before, but, I mean, based on that team last night, I think Adiyami was the standout for me as far as they were concerned. Mm-hmm. Um, Ray, let me just um, ask you about this particular question. Were you a bit surprised that Cancelo got hooked at halftime for Akanji, and also Haaland uh, got hooked for uh, Bernardo Silva. Now, that's unusual for Pep to do that, but we do know that Haaland was suffering from some kind of foot injury and a fever. Uh, a bit harsh on Cancelo, do you think? Nah, not really. Um, the guys, if I'm right, has started every game for City this season. He needs a break, you know. 
Um, well, apparently he was poorly as well, wasn't he? Yeah, he had yeah, a fever as well. So the guy needs a break. You can't run the run players into the ground, um, especially in a game that we didn't need to win. So I've got no problem with with swap with you know mixing it up, swapping it around a little bit. Harland, as Bernard said, it was head, it was heart ruling head because there's no way that, uh, Harland should have played in this game. If it had been, if it was against Sevilla, I don't think he plays. I think he's, you know, I, I said it um, before, he, he doesn't leave Manchester. He should stay in Manchester. Have the have the night up, put your feet up, don't even travel. So just because it was Dortmund, it, it was Dortmund. He had he had to play. Um, so it may have been peppered said to them, you play 45 minutes and then I'm hooking you to so do what you can for 45, maybe 60. And, and that, if you're feeling all right and that's it. So, I, you know, if people are going into, into games where they're not fully fit or they've got a slight uh, injury uh, or illness and we don't need to win the game yet, hooking them, it, it's not a big deal for me. Uh, and it gives uh, some of the kids, uh, some of the kids hopefully a chance to, to stretch their legs and show what they can do. Well, guys, we're going to come on to one of the pivotal moments uh, of the game that you guys will have a lot to say. But before we before we look at it, I'm going to put Bernard uh, on the spot because Pep came out with a quote after the game, and he uh, he quoted <laughs> how many penalties we have missed since he's been in charge. Uh, do you know that number? Is it 25? Absolutely, bang on, Bernard. 25. <laughs> And Pep says most of them in the Champions League. And, of course, there were different uh, reports about Manchester City's penalty uh, crisis and the fact that... I'd love, uh, to know, I'd love to know the stats on other teams, uh, other Premier League teams' misses. You know, how, what percentage. I mean, you know me, I'm a stats guy, but I've not seen that anywhere, but I'd love to know that. Mm-hmm. Well, a, cu- a couple of more uh, pop quiz questions. Uh, this one's for Ray. Uh, Ray, do you know um, Manchester City's Champions League penalty scoring record in terms of percentage scored? Blimey, that's a t- tough one. Um, I tell you what, I- I'd be shocked if it's more than seventy percent. Uh, mm-hmm. I-, I really would. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know the numbers. Um, but I, we, we missed one. Probably last near the fifty. Into probably near the fifty percent, isn't it? Maybe sixty percent. Maybe sixty percent. How about that? Well, you were bang on the first time, Ray. We have uh, had 17 penalties and scored 12 of them, so it's 71%. Yeah. It uh, doesn't sound that bad, does it, that? <laughs> it doesn't, but we're going to test Hang on a sec, hang on a sec. I'm going to say this. Sorry, 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 sorry. 12 out of 17 doesn't sound bad, okay? One of them was the Aguero one at White Hart Lane, which I still maintain, if we score that, get, that goal, we are through to the next round. So, you know, it, sometimes there are important penalties that we miss. Okay. Well, Ray, just one more here. I'm, I'm sorry to bother you with this, but uh, just one more, just for fun. Will I get one yeah. right eventually? Go on. Yeah, so our Champions League penalty scoring record at 71% is actually better than our Premier League yeah. record. Um, can you guess uh, what our Premier League uh, scoring record for penalties is in a percentage? Well, it's less than 70, so I'd say C4. Any any improvement on that, uh, Bernard? Oh, it's obviously not good enough. 61.5. <laughs> All right, well, kind of in the middle there. Um, our Premier League record is 69%, with oh. 36 scored out of 52 in total. Um, so uh, that, 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 that's kind of interesting. Let's come to this. Guys, we talked about this in previous pods. 
and uh, uh, Mares won a penalty. Let's talk about that. Um, was it a penalty, Bernard? Uh, yeah, it was a, a bit soft again, but he caught him. If you're going to catch someone in the box, it was the same with Bernardo the other day, wasn't it? If, if a player's going to get caught and stick his foot out in the box, and it's uh, was it was it Chan? Was it was it Chan who did it? Give it away. And, yeah. uh, he thoroughly deserved penalty. Nothing nothing wrong with the decision at all. Mm-hmm. <coughs> right as uh, as Mares um, has shaped up to take this um, uh, <laughs> penalty. Obviously, Haaland's off the pitch. So it's him. He's he's up. What were you thinking? Come on, give us your honest honest, honest opinion. opinion. Uh, honest opinion was I, I I didn't think he would miss it. I thought it would be saved. I thought there was a better. In my opinion, there was a better than fifty fifty chance of it being saved because um, all the goal had to do was guess right because Mares is uh, hitting them basically in the air. Uh, you know, he's, he's giving too much of an opportunity for the keeper to save it. Keep, and, and if I'm right, he's put it in the same place as he's done the last two. Uh, and this time again, last, last week, he got found out. I've got to say something about, you know, we, we discussed this, uh, at length in the past that he, he the penalties are, are, are actually quite poor from Mares hitting him in the middle because if the goalie goes the right way, they're a nice height to save. Uh, you've either got to fool the keeper or top bins or bottom corner. But the number of City fans who came out and criticised Mares, I think it, it, they've got to be taken to task because people saying he should never have been near that penalty. Hang on, he missed one penalty. Missing one penalty should not mean that you don't take the next one. Because otherwise, Aguero, whenever someone misses one, they'd never take one again. Would you know? Be Edison taking penalties, or we'd be having to would be having to sub Scott Carson on to take penalties. So that that's a pretty silly argument that he's um, because he missed one penalty, he shouldn't be taking any more. That's ridiculous. The fact he's missed two on the bounce, and the one before that was a poor one. You know, Pep said he's not taking him any anymore. He's on penalty duties right now, which I think is is right, but. If you want to criticise Mahrez and people come out with stats, well, people come out with his career stats uh, for penalties and his career stats are about 71%. But I don't care what he was doing in France. I don't care what he's doing for Leicester or any, or Algeria. I care what he's doing for City. I, I, so if someone, and, and no one actually did this, I, I don't believe, no one produced stats to show how many penalties he, he's taken for City, how many he's scored, and how many he's missed. Well, here's a little stat for you, Ray. No, the stat. Uh, Come on, let me get me, let me get the stat. You jumped in before my stat. He's okay. taken seven penalties for City when the scores were level, and he's missed four of them. Is that the stat? No, this is a different one. It says that although Mares has missed three of his past four penalties for City. Before that, he scored nine of his first ten. Well, there you go. So, you know, you don't become crap overnight. So th- that's the stat. Nine out of ten, mystery out of four. Okay, he's not having a good run of things, but nine out of ten. And that first one was against Liverpool. That nine out of ten, the one he missed, um, he cost us a, sorry, <laughs> he cost us a, a win there against Liverpool. Was it at Anfield as well? That ball is still, um, um, circumnavigating the earth or whatever it is. It's, you know, it's, it's, uh, What's it called um, when you rotate around the Earth? Anyway, whatever. It's a satellite up in orbit. It's orbiting the Earth. That penalty from Mahrez at Liverpool. But, so, he scored 9 out of 10. No one says anything. He misses 3 out of 4. People on his case and says he should not even have taken that one, which I think is absolute rubbish. You know, if he scores, no one says anything. It's one of those. You know, you score 
people have a go. Uh, sorry, you don't score, people have a go at you. Um, but I think the, the biggest stat that's that one I co- co- uh, commented on was he's taken seven penalties. Um, but I think this is across his career, not just at City. He's taken seven penalties when scores were level, and he's missed four of them. That you know, you worry a little bit about pressure. But look, he scored against, if I'm right, uh, against PSG or Real Madrid when uh, in, in tough times. So he's put some real pressure penalties away. He was great for um, um, Algeria a couple of seasons ago on penalties. You knew he was going to score. Uh, what's gone wrong? I don't know. Yeah, he needs to be taken out of the firing line, but only now, not because he missed, you know, uh, one penalty. You know, people have forgot about the penalty Scott. I mean, this is crazy. People say, "Oh no, he's missed the last. Three, he's missed three on the banks." Well, he, it was only two weeks ago we played against Copenhagen, and he's gone. And people have got such short memories that they can't remember the goals he has scored, and it, it, it just seems like they've gone too far. And look, I'm 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 always at the uh, forefront to criticise players who I think have done badly, but I think that was a little bit harsh on Maris to say he shouldn't have even been near that penalty. Yeah, I, mean, I, th- I think the problem with Mares, I mean, I think we said it on this show last season. At one stage, Mares was undroppable because he wouldn't, he wasn't missing penalties, and we need we needed someone who could score a penalty, and he was having a good game. The problem with Mares this season, he's only started three Premier League games out of eleven. There's a problem there. We know there's a problem there. Pep probably knows there's a problem there. He started four out of the five Champions League games because Pep always has faith in him in the Champions League games. But there is a problem there, and obviously now we know there's a problem on the penalties. He's missed his second one on on the trot. Uh, next one we get if Ireland's not there for me I want Gundogan to take responsibility or KDB to take responsibility if they're on the pitch so there is a problem with Mahrez and I think it's affecting you know it's affecting his recent penalties it's definitely definitely a psychological uh, problem with him and Pep knows it and I think the, the fans know it and what's he going to do? Keep playing him like he did with Sterling last season when he wasn't doing anything. He's, he's got to take him out of the firing line at least once or twice. And he's got to take some responsibility off him and, and get him back firing. Because Maris can be a quality player. He was a quality player for a lot of last season. And I'm sure he'll come back. But there's something a little bit wrong at the moment. If you know the stats, Bernard, mm. Maris has started three league games out of 11. But he started the last two league games, didn't he? No, I've got, I've got these little figures here, Maris. Um, against Brighton. Yeah, he started. He started uh, two out of the last three in the league. Yeah, but yeah. he's only played three all season. Yeah. Before that, he started one out of eight in the league. Yeah. 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 So obviously you're right. There's a problem. I don't know why Pep's decided to play him in the last two uh, games when not playing him at all in the other um, other games. And with Haaland on the pitch, we don't. You know, Haaland took the penalty against West Ham in the first game of the season when Maris wasn't there. Um, I'm surprised Haaland even let Maris get a sniff. When he scored one the other week, I would say get you know I I would be politely <laughs> saying no, I'm paying the big book big bucks, I'm taking the penalty and that's it. Haaland, you don't Haaland's gonna slam it. So if the goalkeeper we saw the one that gets Brighton, the goalkeeper gets his hand to it, still a good chance it's gonna go in. But Maris is a, a soft weak things, and if the goalkeeper gets his right, you know um, they, they, they end up being pretty poor penalties. So you know yeah, I think he should be taken off penalties. You see, and and Partly as well, because he shouldn't be playing for us. He's not playing well enough. I think that's the other big issue. He contributed very little to the game yesterday. You know, I think, I can't repeat the word I use, um, but it rhymes with dash. But he was pretty poor um, yesterday. Having said that, Forden looked, Forden's got a little bit more credit in, in the bank. But I think Forden was poor as well. You know, I, I don't, 
in an attacking sense, I don't think we re- we offered that much. We looked better when Bernardo came on. Um, uh, he, he just kind of, kind of, you know, maybe it's our eyes deceiving us, but it's that energy that you know, that effort that he puts in that sometimes we equate for more. Um, uh, what's the right way to look at it? more at- attacking dynam- dynamism or more success? Um, but. You know, we didn't look a great side yesterday. Um, as I said, not, not neither team needed to win. Uh, so maybe we didn't need to, but I, I mean, Bernard probably had the stats and I would, I, I would suspect we had over 800 passes yesterday and Gundogan probably had over 100. Not over 930 or something like that. A ridiculous amount of passes and, uh, uh, possession. But obviously they were all not where it mattered mo- or most of them apart. As you said, when once Bernardo came on, that released Foden a little bit more, and we, we looked a totally different team with Bernardo. And you know, we you talk about one man teams with Haaland, but I'm sorry, Bernardo for me has been outstanding and kept City ticking for the last few games. Well, let's have some, uh, let's have a, a little bit of fun here and uh, ask uh, Bernard if he can, if if he might know the results of a poll I run. And <laughs> I said, I, I I did a little poll and I said. Who's been the best penalty taker that you've seen in your lifetime? And there were four candidates. Number one, Alan Shearer. Number two, Matt Letizier. Number three, Yaya Toure. And number four, Mario Balotelli. Um, what would your opinion be there, Bernard? I can't think particularly uh, uh, what's Kane like. I mean, Kane's not bad at the old penalties. Half his goals are penalties, but... Uh, I can't argue with that. I can go back further, of course, to people like Franny Lee, but uh, uh, obviously within modern history, yes. Um, uh, whether Ray can think of anybody else, but I, th- well, I, no, I think Matt, Matt's asking who won the poll. The poll was won by Yaya Toure because did uh, he miss one? He never missed one at City. Eleven yeah. at eleven in the Premier League, at least. He there was something on Talksport last week about uh, the top ten uh, percentage-wise penalty takers in the Premier League. Uh, uh, who scored at least 10 goals Yaya Turi was top because he hadn't missed any so he had 11 out of 11 you know I, I think it's very hard to get in, to, to have taken more than 20 penalties and only missed one I think that's extreme. Mm. you have to be really really on your game yeah, I mean 11, 11 on the face of it isn't a massive amount is it let's be honest about it To uh, I mean Franny Lee got about 14 in one season so 11 <laughs> 11's not much the, really. the point is he never missed he got 11 out of 11. So yeah. on, on that, on that category, you know, as in, you know, look, it might have been, he could, he could have taken another 10 penalties and missed five of them and it would have had a rubbish record. Yeah. But every time he stepped up, did you ever think he was going to miss? No, no. There you go. I, I, I'm going to stand up for the old boys a little bit. I, I would say that, you know, Alan Shearer taking a penalty, you, you know exactly where it was going to go. So did the goalkeeper. Couldn't do anything about it. Matt Letizia, I don't think he missed one. He did. He might, have, he might have missed one, but he took a whole stack. He took, a, you know, at least 20. Well over 20, and he missed one. That's why I say it's very hard to get to about 25 penalties without missing a couple. You have to be really good. And I think pr- pretty much everybody in that list in the top 10 has got a percentage of around 90% and above. Um, and I, I, haven't, I, I don't know where, where I can find that list to, to go and check it, but... Um, no, yeah, no. For me, if you ask who I take, I take Yaya Turi all day long. But Ray, did uh, Mario ever miss a penalty? He, he did, but not for us. Right. Okay. I think I think he didn't miss. So obviously, some eagle-eyed statistician out there will come up and tell us 
you know, he missed this goal in in twenty eleven in the <laughs> minute on the blah blah blah. But um, I, I I don't think he has an unblemished record at City or in general. Uh, so, but I, all I remember is Jaya Chiri sticks out, you know, uh, head and shoulders above everybody else. Well, guys, just to finish this uh, little uh, section off, I've got some statistics in front of me. I've got the list of um, Man City penalty takers. Sergio Aguero got 20 out of 28 with a 71% success rate. Riyad Mahrez has scored 10 out of 14 with a 71% uh, success rate. The, uh, uh, the next one would be Kevin De Bruyne, a 7 out of 9 with a 78% success rate. And actually, quite funny here, uh, three guys have got a 100% success rate. Uh, not only Yaya Toure and Erling Haaland, as, as we know, but, uh, Rodri. Rodri scored one out of one. Oh, <laughs> one, yeah. Uh, so, 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 so there you go. Anyway, so that's what happened. Um, how did the game progress after that? Uh, Bernard, did you think that we were going to go on and sneak it? Uh, we looked more likely. I thought Dortmund as a, as a, an attacking force in the second half were, were a bit dodgy. They had that stupid free kick where a kanji was booked for a, a handball and I can't in the life of me understand why that was a handball and a free kick because he, he, his arm wasn't that far away from his body and he knew absolutely sod all about it. But apart from that free kick which was headed clear I think or hit the wall. Uh, I thought they were pretty useless as a force to Dortmund. I thought whatever we did at half-time, bringing the Kanji and Bernardo on, uh, Dortmund were happy with the draw by that stage and weren't even making that much of an effort. And again, ourselves, we had a couple of good chances, but uh, didn't, didn't quite come off. So I, I think by about the 60th minute onwards, I think both teams were, would have been happy, were happy with the nil-nil. Uh, what were you thinking, Ray? Did you think that we would go on and edge it? Nah, you know when 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 Dortmund had those eleven players behind the ball, you know we were mixing things up, changing things. You know we, we weren't fluid enough, we weren't we weren't decisive enough, we weren't creating much at all. Uh, I, I don't think they weren't bothered, and it got to the stage where we weren't bothered. You know, as I said, I'm, I'm sure Gundogan would have had well over a hundred passes. The fact that we got over well over nine hundred, that's ridiculous. In ninety minutes or even ninety five minutes. You're having basically 10 passes a minute. <laughs> it's, it's a ridiculous number. And I bet, you know, if you look at the average distance, they'd have been about four or five yards. So, you know, you, you get an idea what kind of game we were playing. It was just passing it around for the sake of it, uh, and keeping the ball. Um, you know, and, and to be honest, it was, was a bit, uh, sleep inducing, uh, towards the end of that game. Guys, let's move on. Some interesting other scores. I'll just go, I'm going to run through them. Uh, Ch- Chelsea uh, beat uh, Salzburg 2-1. AC Milan beat Zagreb 4-0. Celtic 1-1 against Shakhtar. Leipzig beat Real Madrid 3-2. That was interesting. Sevilla beat Copenhagen 3-0. Maybe as you'd expect. Big result here in Group H. Benfica 4, Juventus 3. Uh, PSG 7, Maccabi Haifa uh, 2. Uh, those were some interesting results. Anything catch your eye there, Ray? Uh, Juventus are out. That, that's interesting. Um, PSG scoring seven. Interesting. Um, but I, well, I wasn't that interested in the other results. You know, I'm, we're City through and through. That's where we, where our focus is. You know, the only interest in the other results is to see who might uh, finish second in their group and we, we'd end up playing. So 
but you know, there's nothing massive of massive interest to me. Well, anyway, the, the main thing is uh, a point um, away against a tough team. We're top of the group. That should make you pretty happy, Bernard. Yeah, well, job done, isn't it? That's all you can say. I mean, uh, we know damn well that the best teams don't always win the Champions League. We've not been that emphatic so far in the Champions League or in our own league, in fairness. But sometimes that doesn't matter. You've just got to get through, get through to the next round. And uh, it's a long time, is it, till till the knockout rounds uh, after the World Cup. A lot of things can happen. And uh, we, perhaps we don't have to be the best team to, to go on and win it. And that, that'll be nice as far as I'm concerned. Raise some interesting... Um uh, lineups tonight: Barcelona against Bayern Munich. You, they're almost out, um, I think, and I don't think they've got much chance of uh, getting through. Would you agree with that? Yeah, uh, from what I remember, I think they're already out. Um, and, and from the last game, and uh, it's quite funny because it's going to cost them at least twenty million euros. I mean, it's a slight aside, but they've got battered this season on on money. They've been struggling already, selling future rights to income um, just to get money in now. They had the issue with uh, Griezmann, who they were expecting to get €40 million Euros from. I mean, they, they paid, was it 90 for him or whatever, or 100 from Atletico Madrid. They were hoping to get €40 million from him, uh, for him, um, but he had to play a certain number of games, or start a certain number of games, or whatever. And Atletico basically... <laughs> Um, tied Barcelona's hands together, handcuffed them because they weren't playing him, they weren't starting him, uh, and uh, and he would have had to go back to Barcelona, and they couldn't afford his wages, so they've had to take a 20 million hit there, uh, another 20 or 30 million hit uh, in from getting knocked out of the Champions League is uh, it's terrible for them. I mean, you know, and um, but serves them right, you know, um, for all the the, the excesses they've had uh, in the past. I'm just looking up up the table uh, for, for Bayern Munich um, and I'm going to look at these tables starting near the bottom to, uh, sorry for uh, Barcelona uh, to see where they are the third in their group so if, if I'm right they can't catch Inter Milan because the result against Inter Milan um, they, they lost one and drew one they had to beat Inter Milan last game so they can't come second and I think they'll drop down to the, the Europa League um, because Victoria, well, Victoria Pilsen can catch them, but I don't think they will. They, they need, you know, they're on zero points, Victoria. Mm. So, uh, I think they still, could, I think they still finish second, can't they? Because they've Inter lose both their games. No, they played into no, no. Because no, what, I'm just saying, if Inter, I mean, if they win against Bayern, they'll take them to seven points. Inter on seven, so all right, Pil, they're playing Pilsen, so they should beat them. But if no. Inter don't beat Pilsen, they're both on seven. They've still got a game left. No, the way it works is it. The, the reason why, okay, um, uh, for uh, for argument's sake, okay, you can look at Man City and Dortmund. Why are City ch- uh, group winners when we've got 11 points? Dortmund have got eight. Yeah, but there's a chance Barcelona will finish on more points. We've got to, they've both got two games left. You're right. Sorry. You, you, uh, yeah, you're yeah. right. So yeah. I mean, sorry, you, you know, if Inter lose both or draw one, and Barcelona win both their games, they'll be second. Yeah. Sorry. I, 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 take, yeah. It, I take it back. But they're, they're virtually out. Sorry, that's yeah, right. yeah, it's going to be a struggle, isn't it? It's, it's on the cards, yeah. I'm actually yeah. thinking back to the game because they were out, because they ended up drawing that game when 
uh, the death, didn't they? Sorry. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah. Um, I was thinking back to that game because they were almost... Yeah, they, they were out at that stage. Yeah. Right, yeah. sorry, I'd, I'd, take it, I'd take it back. I, I thought there was only one game to go and I thought, well, they ain't catching them. So, but you, you're right as well. I don't expect Victoria Bilsen to give into uh, too many uh, problems and that will consign Barcelona to Europa League at best. Uh, Bernard, um, Ajax against Liverpool at 8 o'clock. Uh, any surprises there, do you feel? Well, Napoli, Napoli are through, aren't they? That's guaranteed. But I doubt it. You know, Liverpool, Liverpool will, uh, Liverpool, Ajax are okay, but Liverpool will pull it out it's when they need Liverpool. to. They always, they always do. Liverpool are through to it. Don't really matter, does it? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they're on, what, six points behind, two games left. I assume the, the count back and all that sort of things against Ajax anyway. So Liverpool will get at least a draw and, you know, it, it doesn't really matter. As yeah. May said, they're probably through anyway. Yeah, they beat Ajax with the time. Ray, one of, one, of, one of the most exciting teams, I think, is Napoli. And yep. uh, uh, they've got this uh, player who's very, very difficult to pronounce called Kvarts Kelia, who's been linked with Man City. Um, and uh, I, I'm really interested in this player. He looks very, very exciting. But at the same time, I, I did have to sort of like dampen... Uh, people's um, City, City and Napoli it doesn't work does it it doesn't work City and Napoli I'm afraid that's true that's true but if uh, Julian Alvarez is struggling to get into the team Kavarts Kalia despite all of the skill that he's shown he would take some settling in but I'm interested in him because he's the spitting image of my my brother's lad he's like he looks exactly the same but um I don't know, Ray. Have you heard anything about this guy? Have you seen any of his performances? I've, I've, I've watched a long um, uh, highlights uh, video. It must have been about ten minutes long for this fella. He looks awesome. He really does look. Uh, you know, I, I said it many, 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 many years ago. You know, you can get a, a, a two or three minute video of Joe if you remember him, and you could probably find two or three minutes worth of possibly if if you really look hard enough uh, and to think that he was a good player. So you know. You, highlights reels are usually just the best stuff, and it could have been taken over. You know, if, if you might get a two or three minute uh, highlights reel that might have been taken over five seasons. So I don't know what that really tells us. Um, the thing is, the, this kid has played 15 times this season for Napoli. He scored seven goals, playing out on the right, seven goals, six assists. That's not bad. You know, his, his shot accuracy is 58 percent, goal conversion about one in four. Pretty good. They've got, they've got quite a few uh, exciting players. They've got this Raspadori. They've got uh, Victor Osimhen, uh, who's who's doing uh, decent as well. Especially, I mean, Victor Osimhen scored five in nine. I mean, that's usually a decent return. But we're now comparing it against Haaland. Uh, but um, uh, Kovrac Kalia has scored uh, seven in fifteen, six assists as well. He's got looks like pace to burn. Uh, and I'm thinking of him on the right. Look, we are criticised by other, other fans that if we make a, a buy and it doesn't work out, you know, like with our defenders, we just go out and buy another one in the next window. So what? I don't care. You know, um, let them criticise us. If we want to buy a, a Karabach uh, Galia next summer uh, and we can afford him, he he would be on my... If I had a short list of three players that I want next summer, he's one of them. Because um, I just think he's... One thing we're lacking at the moment, when you look at the pitch, look at who we had on yesterday. We had uh, Mares, no pace. Forden, nippy, but not epic pace. We had um, Gunduan, 
no pace. Rodri, you know, he, he's, he's really no pace. We are full of a team with that with that pace. You know, you think back to times when we had Sane and and, and Sterling, and for all issues we had with Sterling, they both had blistering pace, and that puts teams on the back foot. When when Walker's playing, you know that the left back or left midfield are a little bit more cautious about going up because they're worried about the pace of Walker. So right now we've got very little pace through the side. We're missing KDB, who's actually quite uh, quite fast um, yesterday. So. To get someone like uh, Kovaratskhelia, I just think that would improve uh, the pace in the side, and hopefully Foden can get a little bit faster as well because he's still still young; he can still uh, work on that. But we, we do need a bit more pace in the side, uh, and, and especially over the next two or three years when the older players will just keep getting older. Yeah, Bernard, we do have a little issue on our right hand side because obviously when Kyle Walker is out through injury, we've got a problem there. And then um, oh, up front on the right, um, obviously, uh, no one's been particularly impressing up there, um, Mares included. That would probably be the area you would expect Pep to kind of try to improve next uh, next transfer window. Yeah, I think I think we need a we need fullbacks. That's the big problem for me. We definitely need uh, still fullbacks left left and right based on uh, what we've seen. Uh, we can see that Cancelo playing playing as a right winger, ring back as opposed to a left wing back isn't really producing it. Uh, yeah, we need, as Ray said there, we need, we are. I do worry about pace, and, and last night we saw that we were struggling on pace. Uh, Dortmund were very quick and very quick to get round our sort of uh, back four, etc. But we we are lacking pace defensively and and offensively. That that's the problem. And uh, I don't know too much about the guy Ray's been chatting about there, but uh, I think that's what Pep will be looking at. But I, I wouldn't mind at this point in time. Um, while Cancelo's going through a bit of a, uh, a sort of iffy, iffy, iffy patch, shall we say. Um, we certainly need a cover for Walker, who's obviously only got so long left. And, um, yeah, Gomez is going to have to see, have to see he progresses, but we can't say the pace here. Kanji's not pacey, is he, as a defender, but he's doing a decent job. A good bit of yeah. physicality. He's got yeah. that strength, yeah. not uh, players over. He's not really a pet player, is he? I don't think, but I think Pep's happy with him, and he's quite he's quite happy to to go along with it. But uh, yeah, I think forward wise, yes, I think at least at least a couple of defenders. I think we're going to need over the next couple of seasons. Uh, and I think, uh, I mean, you're talking about people like Bellingham, but I think you're quite right. I think Bellingham could probably be secondary or third in line if we can pick up someone like the guy Ray's just been talking about there. I mean, I, it's, the the problem is dealing with Napoli. That's going to be the problem with uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, that fella. The fact that he's a City fan, his hero is George Kingsley. It, it's great for us, but you're dealing with Napoli. I think he's got, I can't remember, two and a half years left in his contract. Uh, whatever he's got left in his contract, it, it's plenty. And Napoli are going to be Napoli. They're not going to let him go. And I think that's the thing. I think they're going to be looking at 100 million. That's what they probably want. I don't think they're going to, or, or more. Um, and if you want him, if we want him, we're going to have to pay the big bucks. I think. Probably Jude Bellingham is higher on up the list because if you think he could take over from, say, Gundogan, for argument's sake, or, or potentially KDB in the future. Uh, but he'll take over from Bernardo Silva. Yeah, I think, well, I think that's what's been said. So I, I think he's top of the list with a right back. I, we are desperate for a right back because 
I don't want to see Kanji playing there. I don't want to see Stones playing there. I want to see an attacking right back with pace, someone who can go up and down. You know, the, someone like Trent Alexander Arnold. Um, oh no! No, but I'm saying. <laughs> no, 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 like he said, he said like him, not like not him. him. <laughs> I want to see someone who's going to be dangerous. I want to see someone who's going to scare the opposition. One of the the big things about defending is the more offensive we are, the more dangerous we are, the more threatening we are, the more worried teams are about us. It actually helps us defensively. Um, you know, it, and, and teams won't. You know, when Leroy Sane was there, they had to keep on him. They had, they had to have one or two players looking out for him because he was just so dangerous. And same with Sterling when he was he was in his pomp. Um, and that. You know, if we can get another wonderful pacey uh, guy on the right, pace with a, a right back, I'm not so worried about the left back because if you say we've got Cancelo and, and Gomez, that's our left back options. On the right, we've only got Walker and he's getting on. So, and I've been trying to wrap my brains of ask people who's out there that you'd want to get. That's the question as a right back. And I can't really think uh, of any, no one really springs to mind that would might, would, that might be available to us. Guys, big, big question, um, just as we finish up. Very controversial question that I was asked, didn't have an answer for. It took me a couple of hours to think about it. But um, someone suggested that Jao Cancelo would be best employed as our attacking uh, right midfielder, not a defender at all. What do you reckon? Let's start with Ray. Put him on the right wing instead of Mahrez. Yeah, no problem. I've said that before. I have no problem with that. Put... Um, you know, Aki on the left or something. The thing is with with um, Cancelo, he hardly ever plays as a def- in defence. He works hard coming back to, to to come back, but he hardly ever plays in defence. He plays mostly in midfield. When you look at some of his heat maps, you know his heat maps. I've seen him where he's basically playing left wing. So um, I'm I'm thinking just um, I don't have a problem with that. Not not at all. Bernard, what do you reckon of the idea of Cancelo as a right winger? I think we are accepted. He's not a fullback, is he? He's just, he's just, isn't a f- Come on, sorry. With, with no defensive duties. Well, <laughs> well, that's where you will have to have defensive. You know, you do expect some. Even Mares, you know, we don't get it, but it'd be nice to have a few defensive duties coming back, and that's what you get. You know, you sort of get with Pep's teams, aren't you? If Pep is quite happy for a guy to stick up front and not not move back and help out. Uh, that's not Pep's way, is it? I think Cancelo's going through a phase at the moment where. We know he can't defend. When he, when we signed him, I mean, plenty of people said he wasn't great at defending. He was far better going forward. Most people think he's far better on the left anyway than he is on the right. But he's not really had uh, a lot of games on the right, has he? He's only played there when, when we've had little option. But uh, no, Cantel's a funny one at the moment. Uh, He's not a defender for me. He never will be a defender. But it, last night I noticed he did very little defending. A couple of times he came back and got beat when he did come back. Uh, so he's not. A de- he's just not a defender. But really, he does have a lot of a lot of attributes. But let's say defending isn't one of them. And I prefer. I would prefer him playing left wing rather than right wing. Just at the moment, he could bend it in with the, the outside of his right boot occasionally, and that's that's what we get from Cancelo. But uh, yeah, he's uh, you know I'm sure there's better options. There's better options of, of people who, who are for a left winger or a right winger than Cancelo. But uh, perhaps we can make use of him there. Okay, guys. So we come to the final part of the pod, which is um, affectionately uh, known as. AOB, other, uh, any other business. And with a due sense of trepidation, 
um, I'm going to ask the guys anything else um, outside of this whole situation that has uh, struck your attention or something you want to comment about, something that you've noticed, something that bothered you or irked you, or or maybe everything's okay in our world. Yeah, you know. Uh, what do we want to talk about? Uh, unhappy City fans? You know, I've seen a lot of <laughs> City fans over the last 10 years, haven't you, Bernard? Yeah, they're all depressed. I'm still depressed now, mate. I've had enough. Before <laughs> 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 is Mahrez finished? Is, is, he, is, is he, as you're he's welcome at City. Do you, can you see him getting back to a level that will give him a chance to play for the start games? Well, oh, you know, it's, well, it's all this old thing, isn't it? I mean, being something being permanent and something being temporary. I mean, he's going through a bad patch, uh, and he is going through a bad patch. We can see that on the pitch. I'm sure he's people are saying he's not trying. I don't think any any players particularly go out there and and don't try. Uh, it's just not working with him within what he's being asked to do, and I think Pep needs to uh, re re sort of regroup and and change things around. He's you know I just don't want him near penalties at the moment, but uh, <laughs> I'm, I, I never give up on anyone. I never give up on a City player, and when, when Pep gives up on him, then fair enough. But uh, I'm sure I'm sure we can still get some decent performances, but it's just a matter of uh, getting his mind right. I think at the moment. Ray, uh, I, I guess one final, uh, final, final question. Um, how long do you think Arsenal can keep up this um, this run before they disintegrate? Well, they didn't win last game, did they? They're only three points ahead. Um, I thought we'd go into World Cup possibly second. Uh, I thought that Arsenal might have enough about them to um, get, you know, to. To, to maintain a lead uh, uh, um, ahead of us. Now, looking at their, their remaining fixtures, they've got Forest coming up. You'd think they'd win that on Sunday. Uh, the interesting one is they've got Chelsea um, in a couple of weeks' time, and then they've got Brighton at home. So it's going to be qu- actually it's going to be quite interesting. And, and then Wolves away. Um, so they, they've not got any, an easy uh, running. Uh, it, it'd be nice. It would be nice to be on top of the table when we go to the World Cup but obviously we're going to have to do our um, our share of the work in, in our games um, but yeah I, I think we've got um, a good uh, a, a good chance to overtake them um, but you know you've got to give them credit they've, they've been pulling out results they've played some of the big teams and they've been pulling out results so you know we can't just think that we're entitled to, to be on top or win it you know but I, I just can't see them consistently keeping it going and I think that Chelsea game is going to tell us where so much about what's going to happen because Chelsea, you've got to remember since Potter's been are there. They, are they away, Ray, or home? They're away. No. away. Chelsea aren't lost under Potter. So, you know, they put out, put in, putting in some reasonable results, um, not letting in too many goals. So I think that's going to be a, a tough old game for, for Arsenal. That probably, if you ask them now, they'd be, they're a bit arrogant. So they'll say we want to win it. But if, if you're realistic, you want to draw that game. You don't, you certainly don't want to lose to Chelsea. So, Bernard, what's next up for Man City? Very tricky. Uh, Leicester away, which uh, I'll be there on Saturday. Um, I'm, to say I'm looking forward to it is, is, is perhaps a, an overstatement because 
Leicester have only won three games all season, but they've been in the last five games, so uh, they've hit a little bit of form. They went to Wolves and won four nil. All right, Wolves are nineteenth spot, but they only had they only had five shots, Leicester, and they put four. <laughs> they scored four goals, so that wasn't bad going. I mean, we we, we know we know teams come and play against us and, and put the chances away, and um, I think if we played them a couple of weeks ago, I'd be more confident. But uh, it's going to be a tough old trip. So like Ray's saying there, it's all right, Arsenal imploding, but. We've got to we've got to do the business against Leicester, and it won't won't be an easy task. We're going to have to be at it. We're going to have to be far better than they have been the last three or four games. And obviously, there's doubt over Haaland now, so we might have to do it with a false nine as well. So we've just got to be up for it and 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 do the business. But uh, as I say, we you know we could end up drawing. We're not doing doing very well away from home, are we this season in in the league or the Champions League? So we're going to have to really put a good good stint in, I think, against Leicester. There's no doubt for me that Harlem will be playing against Leicester. No doubts. Okay. Yeah, Ray, well, that'll help. Are you stupefied that uh, oh, Brendan? Stupid, I thought. Yeah. <laughs> no, not stupid. Are you stupefied that Brendan Rodgers is still in the job? No, good manager. I'm stupefied by your question. The, re- the results have been not, <laughs> not, not good, though, Ray. Huh? The results have not been good. Well, they have been recently. Yeah, they've, they've won three. They've won three and drawn one of the last five. Their form actually ten points out of the last fifteen. Okay, our form is thirteen. Uh, twelve points out of the last fifteen. It's not much better. Spurs is six. You know, um, Chelsea. Chelsea got eleven. So they're actually in terms of form teams. They're the form team. They're you know they're, they're up there with, with hardly anybody's got a better record than them. The only teams with a better record than. 10 points is, as I said, Chelsea with 11, Arsenal with 13, and us with 12. Uh, oh, Newcastle as well with 13. But, you know, so they're probably fifth in the form table. That, that's pretty decent. So it's, you're not going to predict 5 nil then? <laughs> no. No. Look, we, look, they're in reasonable nick. They scored some goals. We play a high line. They've got some nippy players. It, it's, you know, they've got some good quality there. You know, they, they're underachieving. Um, but look, they've, yeah, they've got they've got a tough run actually. They've got uh, obviously playing us, and they've got Everton away, West Ham away, and Newcastle at home. They might lose the next four games, and then you can come back and ask me about uh, Brendan Rodgers. But I think the guy deserves time. He's got he's had no money to spend, uh, no budget there, uh, and, and it's not it's not easy. It's not it's not easy. All right, so I'll pin you down to some score predictions just for fun. Just for fun, guys, because we know that whatever whatever prediction you make is going to come back and bite you in the ass. But oh, all right, let's start off with Ray. Ray prediction: Man City against Leicester. Three one City. Three one. Okay, Bernard. Well, yeah, I mean we we scraped to one nil last season, if you if you remember, and they they hit the woodwork at Leicester, and uh, it could have easily not gone our way. But I would be happy with a two one. Yeah, me too. Me too. Okay. Well, guys, um, after one hour and 15 minutes of beautiful Bolt from the Blue discussion, let's have some final thoughts and uh, and just finish this off. Ray, final thoughts? Final thoughts. It's a sunny day up here in the foothills of the Pennines. Um, sits you through to, uh, as group winners in the in their group in the Champions League. Um, got a few more games before the World Cup. Let's enjoy them and hope that um, City can do better than England are, are doing at the cricket. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Bernard, final thoughts? 
Yeah, five games left. Um, I'll be at them all personally, so that's good. I say it'll be first first Premier League game at last this week against Leicester, and then four home games. I believe Chelsea's a sellout, which is is very very good for the uh, Carabao Cup. Yeah. Yeah, so, uh, yeah, five, five wins will do me, mate. Uh, as I said, I'll be happy to get through uh, Saturday and then I fully expect us to win all four home games, even against Sevilla, where I don't expect a glut of young lads to be playing, but uh, we'll certainly put a, a, a sort of a second team out, but the second team should be good enough. So, yeah, five games, five wins before the, the World Cup kicks off. Well, guys, you have been listening to Ray Bubbles and you have been listening to... Uh, Bernard Deneen, we hope you enjoyed it. Nice long one for you to get your teeth into. We'll have it up in a couple of hours and we'll finish off in the normal way by saying have one on us and up the blues. Yeah, up the blues. <laughs>